It's the last weekend in June, and with it, we conclude our 10th season of the Salt and Light Hour. This is our 412th program. Seems incredible. Thanks to your support, we have been able to continue this program for so many years. Thank you. Now we enter into the summer months for some time of rest and relaxation so that we can bring you all new shows starting in the fall. This time makes me think of the Sabbath, because that is sort of what we're doing taking a break to recharge, to reset. I hope that all of you are able to do a bit of that this summer too. Maybe you can listen to our podcast over the summer months. Enjoy the outdoors. Spend time in prayer and reflection. Get a good book. Lots of good suggestions from the authors that we interview in this program. And listen to some good music. Also, lots of good suggestions from this program. Most of all, I hope that you enjoy moments of family and friends and disconnect from the world of social media and all the distractions that take us away from what matters the most. May God bless you this summer. I'm Deacon Pedro, and this is the Salt and Light Hour. Hello and welcome to another all-new Salt and Light Hour. I'm Deacon Pedro. I'm Emily Callen. I am Billy Chan. And this is the last show of the season, guys. That's incredible. 412 episodes. That's 412. I know. I know. I know. 10 years. 10 years. Wow. Are you tired of it yet? I am not tired of it. I would do, you this. I would do this full-time if I could. Yeah, Very same good. here. Stop doing TV and just do radio <laughs> all, 100%. 100%. Um, um, I need to let people know, because they're probably not going to hear this again over the summer, that if you want to come to the Holy Land with me, Israel, Palestine, and Jordan, November 20th to December 1st, mm. visit us at saltandlighttv.org to learn more. It would be great. I would do it. Yeah. Emily wants to come. Billy wants I to come. I, of course, want to come. Um, we were talking about doing a doing like a salt and light hour yeah. trip to the Holy Land. Yeah. Oh, Wouldn't hey. that be fun? Yeah, we need, them, we need our listeners to contact us, radio at saltandlighttv.org. Twitter, B. Joe Chan, <laughs> Emmy Callan. Emmy Callan. <laughs> and Deacon Pedro GM. You know, and let us know if you want to come to the Holy Land yeah. with us. Because we us. could probably organize that. You will have no regrets. No regrets. You, you can learn Chinese here. <laughs> yes. And French. Yes. Why not? And Spanish. Yeah. Okay, next. <laughs> um, so much um, silliness going yeah, on right seriously. now. Seriously. Anyway, Sister Marie Paul is going to be with us today. She's going to be reviewing a film. I'm going to tell you what film it is because is I it? think that my people have you heard about the the new film about Mary Magdalene? Yes, I have actually. Oh. It's actually not that new. It was I think it was released like a year but ago. But I was a little skeptical about it because it's, I feel yeah. like sometimes they Yeah, well, uh, hey, we're going to let Sister Marie Paul, she's kay. the expert to tell us what she uh, thinks. I haven't seen it. Uh, but if you want to find out about the Mary Magdalene film, Sister Marie Paul will be here in I don't know, 15 minutes or so to uh, talk about that and then Billy Chan will have a question. A question, a question about, about confirmation. About confirmation. Yeah. Very good. Yeah, we talk about baptism. We talk yeah. about right. uh, communion and... Okay, good. Baptism and confirmation. Baptism. And then, but we're going to start <laughs> with after... We, we'll have a song and I'll tell you what that's uh-huh. all about. But and, and we have some... Some, some news. news. Yeah. Some news to last us for the whole summer. Some news. Just news, you <laughs> just, know. Just news with just Emily Callan. Just news. Emily Callan. Yesterday's with news. news. Um... <laughs> Do you guys remember the Easter attacks in uh, Sri Lanka? Yeah. Yes. Yeah. So that was pretty sad. Very um, sad. Did you know that there had been a civil war in Sri Lanka for like 30 years or something? Uh-huh. Uh, vaguely. Yeah, I know. that People don't know a lot about this country. So no. this uh, this uh, 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 this program, we, we are going to be visited by a 
priest from Sri Lanka. Very cool. Yeah, Father Basil Fernando. You probably saw him walking yeah, around the yeah, office yeah. earlier. Met him earlier. He's the national director of Pontifical Mission Societies in Sri Lanka. He actually um, became a leader in the face of these attacks wow. for Catholics in Sri Lanka. So we're going to be talking about how they really, you know, responded to. Uh, yeah, I don't know what that would have been like to to have three. Ch- to, I guess two Catholic churches, one Christian church. Uh, something like 300 people injuries. killed yeah. uh-huh. 500 injuries mm, yeah, yeah. Mm. anyway so we're going to be speaking with Father Basil Fernando in our second half hour that's in about 25 minutes and then at the end of the program you guys never remember any of the artists we have on this show no but but <laughs> maybe maybe today anyway Taylor Tripodi <laughs> see I could have said that Taylor <laughs> Tripodi she's 20 th- uh, 24 years old I think very young very talented very young from Cleveland. We met her last uh, about a year ago, I think it was. June last year. She had just put out her first album. Um, and uh, she's just released. Actually, it's not released yet. We're playing the music on this program wow. first before the album is released. Uh, Taylor Tripodi's new album is called Awakening. Um, so uh, we're going to be speaking with Taylor at the end of the program. Wonderful. And it's really, really good music. She's got such a great voice Mm -hmm. Um, 24 years old so um, let's start with a song from that album here's Taylor Tripodi with We Are Alive from her new album Awakening
That was Taylor Tripodi with We Are Alive from her new album, Awakening. And singing with her on that track was PJ Anderson, actually. Oh. We're going to be speaking with Taylor Tripodi at the end of the program and in about five minutes, Windows to the Soul with Sister Marie Paul Curley. But first, Emily, as you heard, is still here <laughs> with, uh, some news. with our news. <laughs> good, no. It is good. We need to be in touch with what's happening in the world. We do. Okay, well, let's start with um, in the U.S. Yeah. So you might have heard about this, but um, a there was a, a bus, a charter bus crashed. Um, so in Pueblo, Colorado on Sunday. So a Catholic youth group was um, traveling back home to New Mexico from Denver, where the three-day from conference, Steubenville, yeah, Steubenville conference was conference. happening. Exactly. So 15 people, um, 10 teens and five adults. And the bus hit an embankment underneath this bridge. And so when it hit it, the, the bus veered off the highway um, and the bus driver was uh, ejected from the bus and he died um, and there was another another man who also died in the crash and he was a 53 year old seminarian yeah. um, from the Archdiocese of Santa Fe um, and everyone else on the bus so the other 13 were uh, injured and they were brought to hospital so mm-hmm. I believe that now some of them were released um, from hospital but others were in more critical conditions so they're still there well, yeah, um, prayers pretty sad yes. yeah exactly I mean you're coming back from a, an intense conference anyway so and um, uh, again in the US so a a photo circulated about of a, a father and his two-year-old daughter um, who drowned trying to cross uh, the, the Rio, Rio Grande, Grande um, to get to the U.S. border. So the Pope reacted to this image um, and he was saying that he was saddened by their death, um, but that he was praying for all migrants who have died seeking asylum. So the photo of this uh, of this man, um, for those of you who might not know the context of it, uh, you know, his, he was actually traveling with his wife as well. And he was initially trying to bring his daughter across um, and then to go, you know, was going to go back to get his wife. But then on his way back to get his wife, his daughter jumped into the river and so the father tried to get the daughter and they got swept away by the current and so that's so that's what happened oh I, I wasn't sure wow, how it sad. how it had happened um but that's um so that's the story there i know really sad mm-hmm. really really sad um in so in Vienna, uh, there's a women's soccer team uh, who apologized, or the soccer club, sorry, the soccer club, yes. apologized to the yeah, Vatican. I heard about this too, yeah, yeah, this is pretty incredible. Um, so, this was during a game between the Vatican women's soccer team and the Vienna women's soccer team. Yeah. And I was, it was actually after the national anthems were sung mm-hmm. that the women of the Vienna-based soccer team lifted their jerseys and had um, pro-choice slogans written across yeah, their, their bodies, their, their abdomen, yeah. exactly. Um, and th- this isn't what kind of brought everything or, you know, to, to, to an end. Yeah. Um, so it was just, it was coming from all over. And so the Vatican, some rap- Vatican representatives decided to end the game. And so yes. they weren't even actually able to finish. So, um, the start, yeah, they didn't even play the game. No, exactly. The game. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So on Facebook, the official women's club from Vienna um, apologized, saying we sincerely apologize to the Vatican uh, team's players and guests from near and far that the game was not played. Mm-hmm. Um, they were also saying, you know, this isn't something that we endorsed or that this is not our initiative as a club, but it was really the players is what they were saying. Mm-hmm. Um, but then a Vatican group uh, called Women in the Vatican released a statement June 24th saying, uh, take 
taken advantage of a soccer match to contest yeah. well-known positions of the Catholic Church in support of life and sexuality with actions, writings, and banners was an inappropriate choice and pitted women against other women. Yes. Wow. Is what they said. I know. And finally, Pedro, yes. World Youth Day. Um, yes, I was one way waiting for this Right? News. Well, yes. here we go. Keeping it for, for the end. Um, Pope Francis met with 280 young people from 108 countries mm-hmm. um, last weekend. Yep. They were participating in a post-synodal forum in Rome. Mm-hmm. Um, and so he announced the theme for the next World Youth Day in Lisbon, Portugal, which yes. is going to be in 2022. Yes. And drum roll. Drum roll. <laughs> it's going to be Mary arose and went with haste. She went with haste. She went with haste. So, of course, leading up to that World Youth Day, every year, yes. every diocese across the world celebrates World Youth Day on, on uh, Palm Sunday. Yep. And so there are themes for each of those World Youth Days. So the one in 2020, so next year's is Young Man, I Tell You, Arise. Yep. And then the one in 2021 is Arise, I Have Appointed You as a Witness of What You Have Seen. Yes. So there you this go. Is arise, great. then arise and go, and then go in haste. Beautiful. I love it. Okay, yeah. good. Um, thank you, Emily Kellen. You're welcome. Have a good summer. I mean, I'll thank see you, you but yeah. <laughs> uh, have a good summer. We'll do, get back on this program in the fall. Emily Callan uh, with our news. You can follow her at Emmy Callan. Coming up is Sister Marie Paul Curley with uh, film review, Mary Magdalene, and then Billy Chen with a question about confirmation. So don't go anywhere. Hey, I'm Dana Catherine, and you're listening to the Salt and Light Hour with Deacon Pedro. I'm Deacon Pedro. The Salt and Light Hour is available as a podcast on iTunes and Google Play Music. Just search for Salt and Light Catholic podcast and take the show with you wherever you go. And now it's time for Windows to the Soul with Sister Marie Paul Curley. Sister, welcome back to the program. Oh, Deacon Pedro, it's great to be here. And I have two movies I want to talk about. Okay. One very briefly. Instant Family is yes. a great summer flick. Is it's it? a feel-good family comedy about a couple who have no children who very unexpectedly decide to adopt. Okay. So it's, it's got a wonderful message. It is, the comedy is really funny. Mark Wahlberg and Rose mm-hmm. Byrne are so lovable as these clueless parents-to-be. Yeah. Uh, it is, although I'd like to say it's a family flick entirely, it really does deserve the PG-13 rating that it gets mm-hmm. here in the States because of some of the sexual innuendo and jokes in one situation okay. that's handled well, but it's still for teens. Okay. So... If you're looking for a light summer watch, Instant Family is a good choice. Okay, that's good to know. I'd like like to spend some time looking at the film Mary Magdalene, which released last year Mm -hmm. in Europe, I Mm -hmm. believe, and supposedly is releasing this year in the United States and I would assume Canada as well. Okay. It's... It's uh, so when you when you look at it, it's Mary Magdalene from 2018 is the date for it. Okay. It's it's one of those movies that I think people are going to love or hate. All right. It's inventive, but it I didn't find it scripturally accurate. Okay. Um, it's an interpretation of the life of Mary Magdalene as the apostle to the apostles. Hmm. And I feel it's really an art house film. It's a niche film for those film buffs who aren't bothered by a lack of the, you know, attention to detail or scriptural fidelity, mm-hmm. but who can appreciate the artistic vision that they try to bring to Mary Magdalene's mm-hmm. character. Mm-hmm. So 
I guess it's very thoughtfully constructed. It's got high production values. Mara Rooney is a wonderful actress, and it's very compelling as Mary Magdalene. Uh, Joaquin Phoenix portrays Jesus and is perhaps not as compelling, but I don't think he was given a very strong script to work with. It is written by two women, and Hmm. I did find the feminine approach to a biblical world that is typically presented as male in many films I found that very appealing and and very beautiful. Okay. Um, and just a side note here: the depiction of the Blessed Mother, which is very brief, is beautiful and sensitive and nuanced. Nice. She's done extremely well. But I think that if you look at the film as a whole, the depiction of Jesus is quite flat, and and in many cases he's quite passive as a character. Mm-hmm. I think the filmmakers were trying so hard to make Magdalene this strong woman that pretty much everybody else just fades away. Um, but And so Mary Magdalene's character is appealing and convincing, but the kingdom of God, how Jesus is presented, I mean, you start to, I started to wonder halfway through the film, well, why is Magdalene following Jesus? Because he doesn't seem to be very compelling or appealing. Um, and, you know, so that whole supernatural dimension of the gospel story, even from the perspective of the resurrection, gets kind of lost in, like the, a, a kind of a false conflict they set up between Mary Magdalene and Peter, for example, or okay. other things that we really, you know, that, that the filmmakers are conjecturing, but they kind of missed some of the big points in the life of Mary Magdalene. Having said that, you know, that it's, yes. it's a flawed depiction of Christ, so how can we know Mary Magdalene? I will say that despite all of these limitations, the film has some beautiful thematic material. I mean, the theme that ties it all together is the theme of transformation, you know, becoming the kingdom here on earth. You know, Mary's approach to prayer, her desire for communion with God, um, her commitment to discipleship, these are very beautiful elements in the film and in Mary's character that I think could help us as, as a reflective audience to uh, deepen some of these themes in our own lives, or at least to reflect on them a little bit differently. Um, But overall, I think a lot of people, especially people who are looking for a kind of a conventional, inspiring life of a saint, that's not really what comes across here. So limited audience, uh, great for film film buffs and art house film lovers. Mm -hmm. Sounds good, I think. I, I see what you mean, that if you're looking for a scriptural, you know, gospel story, then then that's not uh, uh, what this film is. But it sounds like a little bit on the vein of, you know, The Last Temptation of Christ, that it's a little bit of a departure in, you know, yeah. interpretation, artistic, can we call it artistic freedom? Artistic in- interpretation. Um, and maybe sometimes in those situations, you do get a deeper sense of the characters, the human sense. And sometimes that does help us. Um, enter deep, deeper into the story if you already have a clear sense of who Jesus is, for example, exactly. um, or yeah, what the gospel exactly. stories are. Yeah. yeah. Okay. So Mary Magdalene. Hopefully, it'll be uh, released on demand or on Netflix. I'm not sure. Maybe even in theaters in Canada and the U.S. soon. And Instant Family, you mentioned at the beginning of the segment. So uh, fun film for people to watch over the summer. Families to watch over the summer. Yes. Older yeah. kids. Family. Yeah. Yes. Families with older kids. All right. Very good. Thank you, Sister Marie Paul. Um, have a great summer. Thank you. You too. And uh, God's blessing and my prayers go for everyone who is listening. For you too. Thank you. 
Sister Marie Paul Curley is with the Congregation of the Daughters of St. Paul. You can read her blog at windowstothesoul.wordpress.com and you can also follow her at Sister M. Paul. Coming up is Church for Dummies, so stay tuned. Hello, this is Jeff Cavins, the creator of the Great Adventure Bible Study. You're listening to the Sultan Light Hour with Deacon Pedro. I'm Deacon Pedro. You can join me in the Holy Land November 20th to December 1st this year. Go to saltandlighttv.org to find out more. Now it's time for... Church for Dummies! With Billy Chan. I'm very excited. You're very excited. Yeah. Because you have a question about confirmation. Yes. That makes, confirmation makes you excited. Yes. You know, uh, uh, we talk about, we have talked about um, a lot on communion. We have talked uh, yeah. a lot about baptism as well. Yeah. But we never talk about confirmation. And, no. And it's always been some question that people doesn't understand what yeah. is confirmation. Because yes. in baptism, we, we have water. Right, I mean, you know, yeah. to symbolize uh-huh. the whole thing, right? Yeah. And in first communion, we have a bread. I mean, uh-huh. we can we have a host. I mean, yes. you know, you can consume something. Yes. But in a confirmation, and especially the word confirmation, that means we confirmed. You know, we you know, let's talk about that. You know, what is confirmation? Yeah. You know? Okay. So, so there is a there is an idea that. The person who is being confirmed yeah. is the one who is confirming their faith. Yes. But traditionally, in fact, that's not what it is. Ah. Oh. So the, <laughs> the, historically, it used to be – so it used to be that people would, would be baptized, receive the Eucharist, and be confirmed at the same time. Yes. Right? Yes. Because it was all – baptism and confirmation, in a sense, are the same sacrament. Oh. It's just that the graces or – yeah, I guess – are given in two different moments. Yes. Okay. So because we baptize children as infants, we've separated the confirmation part of the baptism for when you're older. But it's not the person that's being confirmed that is confirming. It's the bishop that is confirming that the baptism is valid. So that's why it's called confirmation because it used to be that the bishops couldn't baptize everybody. So the, the presbyters, the priests would baptize and then the bishop would come around yeah. And sometimes it would take 12 years for the bishop to come around. Ah. And when the bishop would come around town, then he would confirm all the baptisms. So it's the bishop who confirm, not I am going to confirm that I believe exactly, in God. Exactly, exactly. Now, ah. I think that there is a part that is appropriate to look at confirmation as yeah. you're now older, you now understand what it means to be baptized, you've been taught the faith, and you 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 actually want to be confirmed because you want to continue being Catholic, but that's not really where the where the term originally confirmation but I, I, comes I, I, from. I thought it is some kind related to the Pentecost. Is it? It is. It is. It is in the sense that that you get so the the gifts of the Holy Spirit, mm-hmm. and that's how it's taught that yeah. whatever happened at Pentecost is what's happening at at confirmation. But it's not entirely true to say that you are only receiving the Holy Spirit at confirmation because we receive the Holy Spirit at baptism. At baptism, yes. You receive the Holy Spirit with every sacrament, and even outside the sacrament. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> so, so what is different about confirmation? Mm-hmm. I would say that what's different about confirmation is that the the graces that you received at baptism now you're older and you're able to use them and make sense of them as an adult. So there's this great image of of the glass of milk. Do you know the, the, yeah, the yeah, image yeah. of the glass of milk? So yeah, when you're yeah, born, yeah. you get a glass of milk. When you're baptized, you get a squirt of chocolate yeah, syrup. Yeah, yeah. But that's disgusting. You can't drink it. <laughs> but when you get confirmed, you get a spoon. So you can stir the chocolate syrup. Ah. You can stir the spirit that's already in there. That's a good one. So you can use it. 
That's oh. a great image of what happens at confirmation. I see. So basically, is it only bishop can do confirmation? Yes, the bishop is the ordinary minister of confirmation. However, the bishops will give permission to priests to do confirmations in their own parishes because it's impossible for the bishop to confirm everybody. I see. So basically, if there's an adult who do the baptism, and normally adult right now who will have baptism, first communion, and confirmation together yes. right now. Yes. So we do not have to have a bishop. We can the bishop can actually no, any any confirmation can be done by the priest. Okay. Because most dioceses the bishop has given the pastors uh, authority or permission, I guess, to, to do confirmations. Um, at, at the Easter vigil, which is what you're yeah. talking about, yeah, yeah. when when an adult is received into the church and they were they are baptized, do their first communion and confirmation at the same time, then yeah, the pastor. But I mean, it can be the bishop, but but it's usually the pastor of that parish at the Easter vigil that will, I see. That will uh, yeah. So for those didn't confirm yet, that basically means you need to wait for the bishop to come over and to <laughs> and to confirm, <laughs> to confirm yes. you. No, the bishop doesn't have to do it anymore yeah, because yeah, the yeah. bishop has passed that responsibility yeah, to the over to the pastors. Oh, pastor. Yeah, I don't think it's parish. any priest. I think it has to be the pastor. I see. Yeah. Great. There you go. That answers your question. Of course. Everyone's There, question. Everyone's question. <laughs> anyway, I'm I'm gonna say just because we have a little bit of time. Uh huh. Um, I, I write a column on our blog, and it's called Deconstructing. Everyone knows it, no? I hope that everyone <laughs> knows it, but in Deconstructing on our blog, I answer a lot of these questions. And in fact, the, the part, the 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 blog post on confirmation, it's four parts. So there's that much information about confirmation, and I've done deconstructing on all the sacraments. So if people are interested in finding more about the sacraments, go and check it out. Go at, to saltandlighttv.org/blog website that Billy put together there yeah. and uh, look for deconstructing the sacraments or deconstructing confirmation or you can look for uh, Deacon Pedro you can see that you well. can just look for Deacon Pedro yes. as well just look for me <laughs> alright thank you Billy Chan the thank webmaster you. behind saltandlighttv.org have a good summer I mean yeah, I'll see you everyone. but, but uh, have a good summer for you for all the audience and, and Billy wishing good summer to all the audience uh, Billy is our webmaster here at saltandlighttv.org you can follow him at Chan. Coming up in our second half hour, how to respond to the Easter attacks in Sri Lanka, and we reconnect with Taylor Tripodi, so stay tuned. Hello and welcome to the Salt and Light Hour Part 2. I'm Deacon Pedro. On Easter Sunday 2019, two Catholic churches, one Christian church, and three hotels in Sri Lanka were the targets of a series of terrorist attacks. There were eight explosions, all carried out by suicide bombers. Close to 300 people have been killed, and over 500 were injured. It was the worst attack in the country since the end of the Civil War 10 years ago. Father Basil Fernando is the National Director of Pontifical Mission Societies in Sri Lanka, and he immediately became a leader in the face of these attacks. Father Basil is now responsible for building a chapel to honor the martyrs of the faith who died. He is also building seminaries in Tamil North and supporting children of the victims of the attacks. And so it is with great pleasure that I welcome Father Basil here to the Salt and Light Hour studio with me, Father Basil. Welcome to the Salt and Light Hour. Okay, thank you. Just for uh, people who are maybe not very familiar with your country, can you give us an idea of what the percentages are in terms of faith? The Catholics, I presume, are a minority. 
Christians, mostly Buddhists? What, what's the makeup yes, of the country? Yes, yes. Now, in, 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 of course, in Sri Lanka, we have about 20 million of people. Yeah. And out of 20 million, of, of course, the, the country is a Buddhist country. Right. So the majority are Buddhist. But out of this 20 million, we are almost like 6 to 7 percent of Catholics. Okay. 6%. 6%. 6 to 7% of Catholics. Okay. And we have, of course, the Hindus, Muslims, right. and maybe other denominations are coming like mushrooms, you know. So yes. you can't, you can't <laughs> just calculate in such a way. Yes. Yes. And then, uh, of course, we have a very good um, um, rapport yeah. uh, among, the, um, among, the, among the religions. But this happened very unfortunately, and which we never expected the at attacks. all the attack because because I mean what at least whenever I heard about Sri Lanka twenty years ago of the civil war the Tamil Tigers the Sinhalese government all the those uh, tensions I guess have been mostly resolved yes you say? yes it is it is so sad to say that we were we were suffering about thirty years of a civil war yes and then two thousand nine thank God that we we got peace. To the country, yes, and in through that we were just tried to develop little by little in in for future, right? And exactly after ten years, and again another big blast came came out, right? So that is this attack, Easter Sunday attack, and before that, this ten years, actually we were building and we were coming up good, yes. We were we, in a way we were in a good wicket, mm -hmm. okay, but then. After happening this one, of course, again, the tension is coming up. It's very hard, yeah. Very hard to, hard very to accept hard. what happened. Where were you when the attacks happened on Easter Sunday? Actually, I was uh, maybe about uh, 10 to 8 kilometers away mm -hmm. from this, what happened in, in Nigambo. Yes. Okay. I just finished my Easter Sunday mass in one church uh, where, where I would call it Tudel. Yeah. And then I was just going away to my home. Okay. Yeah, and then in between, I got a uh, so you heard. message yes. to say that uh, this, the church is blast. Really? I asked, how do you know? Then one girl whom I know, mm -hmm. she was crying and said, no, Father, it is true. We have lost our relations. Really? And from that moment, immediately I called one priest, and he immediately said, Father, it is finished. Mm -hmm. That was the first word he told me. Finish means the whole church has gone, yes. the people have gone, and it's another. it, it became another picture immediately. Right. And after a few seconds, I'm getting another call to say, Father, there's another blast in, in Colombo. Yeah. And after two minutes, we get a, another information, three hotels blast. So it was, wow. it was like a chain, you know. Yes. One after the other, it was happening, and then yes. it was a real tension developed in the country. And I heard that there were actually two other churches that had been targeted, but they missed. Yes, at Dehivala Because the mass had been finished, finished half an hour earlier. Yeah, and no, this uh, Dehivala church, uh -huh. they, it was during the, during the mass, but it something has happened previous oh, so day, and there were two policemen were going around. And right. this bomb, the, the, the suicide bomber got afraid to get in because when they saw the police, right. so he went back. And that is the bomb which blasted and Dehivala. Right. Lodge. Right. Otherwise, it could have been blasted in the church. Um, tell me a little bit about the response, because I under also understand that f the weeks following, were, were Catholics afraid to go to Mass? Were they, they, did they want to? But, I yeah, that is, that is very sad to mention even. I think in, in the history of our Sri Lankan church, I could say, uh, it's, uh, it, uh, the, soon after the, mm -hmm. the Easter Sunday, uh, the next Sunday, yes. it became like a black Sunday for us. Right. Because no church we celebrate Mass. Really? Okay. So the people didn't receive Holy Eucharist that Sunday. 
Wow. Because we were not able, not even one Sunday, two Sundays like that. Right. Okay. Yeah. The tension, the fear. Actually, people were ready sometimes. Mm-hmm. Okay, we're ready to die, we will come. Mm-hmm. But then church leaders as responsible people, the bishops, especially the, I must mention here very specially, the leadership of His Eminence Malcolm Cardinal Ranjit, mm-hmm. yes. the Archbishop of Colombo. Uh-huh. He became uh, a center of everything mm-hmm. because uh, the, the, he was leading the whole thing for peace and harmony. Right. Okay. So therefore, the the people didn't go to the church, but he, uh, the four or five uh, TV channels telecast the live mass. Right. For the people, uh-huh. but uh, I mean, we can it's we can understandable, yeah. but then uh, that the the real faith of the people yes. come not come will come up with the with the Eucharistic Lord. Right. So it was sad to say that. Yes. Yeah. Tell me a little bit about the chapel that is being built to commemorate the victims. Yeah. So then uh, after happening all that, you know, this about almost like fifty to seventy people. Yeah. were buried in a one place. Okay. It's it's a new area. It's close to the Katuapitiya church. Yes. It's a completely a new area. Everybody like they they died at once together mm. like, you yes. know. So so it's that area and this uh, many have requested from his eminence welcome cardinal Ranjit mm-hmm. uh, to build a, a memorial chapel. We, we call it Chapel of Martyrs because these people are martyrs for Sri Lanka. Of course. So then, of course, the Cardinal Filoni uh, came down from Rome to see the, uh, representing the Holy Father. Yes. To, to see the place. And that particular moment, we lay the foundation stone. And then the PMS National Office took the responsibility of building that uh, the historical uh, chapel. So PMS is Pontifical Mission Societies. Pontifical You're Mission the National Societies. Director for Sri Lanka. Yeah. Um, uh, is this something that you see falls perfectly under the mandate of Pontifical Mission Societies, building uh, the, the work that with the building of the chapel, or is it something extra that you feel that you are doing? No, actually, actually, it is our it's our mission. It is no, part of your a, mission. It's a part of yes. my mission. Yes. Okay. Because that's what uh, immediately the two directors from England and Scotland, right? They came up immediately and yes. they said, Basil, we'll do it. Yes. So now we have already started the construction. Right. Uh, so that means. We all felt the whole assembly this time in in Rome. All felt it's our mission. Wonderful. And we, you mentioned it to to me before we went on air that Father Andrew Small, who is the director of national director of Pontifical Mission Society of the United States, will also be visiting. Sri Father Lanka. Father Andrew Small and Father Brian Luca from Australia. Okay. Okay. These Wonderful. two are yeah. These two are coming so to Sri Lanka uh, this uh, coming August just to see what happened. Mm-hmm. Okay, and and they were so kind, so they were generous. They themselves told me, "Yes, Basil, we want to come." Mm-hmm. So I'm eagerly waiting. I'm planning their visit at the moment, and then we are trying to help. Even they are ready to help any time for the victims. Especially, I have we have already started a program for the children uh, to give them a scholarship. Yes. Uh, so therefore, we are we are in in the move. So the children of the victims, so these children are, have been left as orphans. Yeah, or often, often in the sense some have lost their breadwinner. Yes. Some have lost the mother or yes. the one parent. Right. So they need some financial support uh, for their schooling mm-hmm. because they are o- over almost like 271 children are there, but in different wow. ages. Yes. Okay. So it's a long-term program. Mm-hmm. So therefore we are trying to have a fund for that. 
for this uh, scholarship fund. Yes. And we are from that fund, we help the children till the end of their studies. Right. So I know it's a it's a it's a complicated uh, pontifical mission societies. It's all over the world. And I don't want to give our listeners too many details because it might confuse them. But we're going to put information on our website to help people if they want to support your projects in Sri Lanka, specifically the building of the chapel or the scholarship for the the children of the victims. Yeah, Uh, I I, I would say here uh, regarding this uh, Easter Sunday attack. Yes. The chapel is done. Oh, it's finished. Finished in the sense these two countries have accepted have already, it, already accepted yes. it. But mainly we need support for this for the scho- East attack, yes. for the scholarship for fund, the scholarship and for fund. some support for the medical assistance. So if people contact the, their pontifical mission societies in their own countries and, and direct the donation specifically to go to Sri Lanka to support the scholarship of the victims. Of yeah, the they attacks. can they can just mention this is to the National Director Pontifical Mission Society Sri Lanka okay. for the scholarship fund. Absolutely. Just simply that and then they can help their country national okay. directors. It is good to come through the national director of the particular country. Yes. Because that's the transparency is there always. You know. Absolutely, absolutely. Um, uh, Father Basil, that's all the time we have, but it's been uh, so good to have you here with us to tell us a little bit about your country, about yeah. what you're going through, and to uh, tell us how we can support the work that you do. Yeah. So good to have you with us here today. Thank you very much for this salt and light, uh, the radio, and for the giving this opportunity for me. This is a great, great opportunity. We will respect and thank you, and we pray for all of you and all the viewers. Thanks. My prayers are with you all. So let us work together and experience the Eucharistic Lord in our own life. Thank you and God bless you. Thank you. And we will keep you and your country in our prayers as well. Father Basil Fernando is the National Director of Pontifical Mission Societies in Sri Lanka. To learn more about Pontifical Mission Societies or to support the work that he's doing there in Canada, visit missionsocieties.ca and in the United States, visit missio.org. But I'm going to put a lot of those uh, links on our site at saltandlighttv.org slash radio so you can find it easily. Here now is our featured Artist of the Week, Taylor Tripodi with Learning to Trust from her new album, Awakening.
That was Taylor Tripodi with Learning to Trust from her new album, Awakening. We first met Taylor Tripodi exactly a year ago. She was 23 years old. She had just released her first album, Be Glorified. Almost immediately, she began working on a second album, which we've been listening to, Awakening. So it's a great excuse to have uh, Taylor back on the show. Taylor, welcome back to the Salt and Light Hour. Oh, thank you so much, Deacon Pedro. I'm really excited to be here. I'm very excited that we're getting to hear the music before anybody else. Um, and it's and oh, it's, it's so exciting. It is exciting, and it's such good stuff. And I, you know what? I don't know. Maybe I just are not listening enough of Taylor Tripodi, so that's a, a bad on my part. But your voice, <laughs> like I've started hearing this album, and I thought, wow, her voice seems to have like grown. But I, I, but it's only been a year, so. I'm a little curious about, because the, the concept of voice for you is important, isn't it? You have this whole thing on oh, the absolutely. about voice. You, yeah. You, maybe we should remind I, our listeners. I should... Sorry, I was just going to say we should remind our listeners that you're the oldest of nine children. So you have this a whole thing on your website about how important it is to be heard, that you find a voice. But then this idea of having a absolutely. voice. Tell me a bit about that. Oh, absolutely. I think every single person um, on the planet, you know, was given a voice for a reason and was, uh, each of us has the unique ability to speak from our own experience about the ways that the Lord has, has touched our lives and has right. used different things in our life. And I, so, I, so I think it's very important for each of us to use our voice, no matter what our gifts or talents are, whether they be music or something else, but each of us has a voice that we need to share uh, the good news of the gospel with the world. 
Absolutely. I, I, I have to confide in you. So as a deacon, I always found that John the Baptist is very much a diaconal model for me, and he is the voice that cries out in the wilderness, as opposed to Jesus, who is the word. And so I, I, I'm, I'm very much on you on this whole voice voice thing, that we're called to use our voice. Um, Absolutely. Tell me about this new album. So why Awakening? Oh, Awakening. So this song came to me after a long period of drought and just, right. I guess, a little bit of frustration with the Lord, because I, <laughs> I mean, I'm sure each of us has experienced this at one point or another, but just we're wondering, like, where our life is headed, especially in the midst of suffering, especially mm-hmm. in the midst of just uncertainty. And it was after I'd had a vocal injury, and I was just asking the Lord, like, what what are you doing? Like, this is right. the one thing that I can give give back to you. This is the one thing I can do for you. Like, what what could I possibly give to you now that I don't have my voice? And it was just after a season of the Lord allowing me to rest in the fact that right. I even if I had never had a voice in the first place, that he would still love me yeah. just the same. And that, and that um, this album just really came out of that pe- period of personal drought and that realization that the Holy Spirit wants to breathe new life into those, um, those, those areas of our hearts that we feel so broken and so empty. Um, and I was just so grateful that, you know, after a period of, of rest that I was able to have my voice back and was able to use it again. And, and so the song came after that long period of waiting and that long period of uncertainty. Right. So, um, so that's the that's feel, yeah. Sorry, go ahead. Yeah. I, no, no, no. I just I feel that I feel that the Lord just wants to speak and breathe new life through the Holy Spirit into those parts of our hearts for sure. Yeah. I uh, th- th- this whole thing about new life. So I I read something. I think it was Christophanic, who said that. That there's a saying that Jesus didn't come to make bad people good, but he came to make dead people alive. And and I, mm. I hear that in a lot of, I mean, the name Awakening, of course, um, The Dark Is Not Your Home. That's another title. That's a song that we're going to play later. You know, it's like, it, there, there's, it's, it's almost like an Easter album in a way. I, I mean, isn't it? Mm. Absolutely. No, yeah, I mean, definitely. The, the song, The Dark Is Not Your Home, was actually released as a single for the Easter season, yes. so it's it's very much a triumphant, it is. A triumphant song. It is. Um, you, I don't want to sound condescending, but you're so young. <laughs> but but yet there's no that's not condescending at all. <laughs> it, but there's so much maturity to what you're saying, and to you know, like you're talking. I mean, yeah, anybody can have a vocal injury, but but the 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 maturity that comes with having gone through that experience, and then being able to you know, put it into song, I think is, is, yeah, there's a maturity there. Um, did you, cause we played, so last time you were on the show a year ago, we played Awakening, that song, cause you had just released it, I think as a mm-hmm. single. Um, did you know that you want to do, you wanted to do a whole album on that theme? You know, I, songs just started to flow from that season. Mm-hmm. And so I think, I think that from from the moment that that song came out, I think I had hoped that I, I would eventually put together an album. Now, as for whether I had had all the songs prepared, definitely not. I think right. the Lord just kind of worked in my heart and in the hearts of the different people that I co-wrote these songs with, yeah. uh, just to kind of convey this message of, of hope in the midst of, of brokenness. Right. Are you? How do you write? Are you always composing? Do you write lyrics first and then music? How, how, what's that process like for you? 
I know. People always ask a, a lot about that. It's yeah. interesting. So sometimes, you know, sometimes the lyrics will come first, whether it's in prayer or, you know, reading a book. Sometimes there'll be a theme in the book that just really speaks a lot to the journey that you're on right now. But for me, it, it just really depends on, on the ways that the Lord is kind of grabbing a hold of my heart. Sometimes the melody will come first and he's just kind yeah. of wooing, wooing my heart with a different different melody or Sometimes they'll bring a theme or, or words to, to heart, and then I'll be able to kind of put them into a song. So it just mm-hmm. depends, really. And does it happen sort of in seasons as well, where you're writing a lot, or are you? Do you feel like you're writing constantly, or do you force yourself to write? All of the above, and I, I, <laughs> I wonder if, if a lot of other songwriters would say the same thing. I think. Um, you know, sometimes you kind of sit down and you have a, an aim to write a, a song, and then other times it just comes yeah. to you naturally. You know what I mean? So, mm-hmm. yeah. yeah. Now you're doing some 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 uh, worship leading and speaking, and I know certainly some touring. Uh, how is that? Do you feel, because some people feel like they're very comfortable in the recording studio. Some people are very comfortable mm-hmm. as songwriters. Some people love performing. Mm-hmm. Uh, where Where do you feel that you are most at home oh i love i love live worship that's my favorite um yeah i i absolutely love being in the studio i I think that's a beautiful place to be as well Mm because you're able to really take time to explore the song but i would say my favorite part of music my favorite part of writing is being able to share this music with other people Mm -hmm. uh, especially a live audience that might be experiencing the same things that i was experiencing during the songwriting process and um just being able to share my heart and then hopefully be able to relate to people that are going through different circumstances that can really listen to this music and to relate to it and, and just to remember that like there is hope still and that the Lord is wanting to do similar things that he's done for me in their mm-hmm. life, you know? Mm-hmm. So it's a, it's a beautiful thing to witness that. It, it is. I agree. Um, uh, how do you feel you have grown as a, I guess, as a person, as a Christian, as an artist in the last year? Oh gosh, so many ways. Um, yeah, uh, I would say the biggest, the biggest thing that the Lord has been speaking to my heart recently is really just the, the absolute poverty <laughs> mm. that exists in my heart, and um, I think it's very, very hard for me to, to feel weak and to feel still that even in my weakness that I'm loved because I, I so often feel the, the need to, kind of portray this this perfect image or like like everything's good but i think that the lord has been showing me especially just recently like that i am loved in my poverty and i'm loved in my weakness Mm -hmm. and that um that actually through weakness is where he where he chooses to use us the most and where he chooses to just chooses to just come down and meet us in that place you know Mm -hmm. amen um are you already working on the next already working on the next album Oh gosh. Um <laughs> I I hope I hope too soon. I, I wouldn't say I'm actively working okay. on this one, but I am I'm always open to yes. inspiration, always open to whatever's next. 
Good, so, good, yeah. good. No, because it's it's good stuff. Um, so this album, Awakening, is dropping on August 30th. So all the music that people are hearing on this program today, you're hearing it for the first time, and hopefully it's exciting you enough to go to taylortripodi.com and uh, buy her copy of Awakening because it's great, great music, great music not just for Easter but for the summer. I'm going to say it's good summer music. So, um, Taylor, thank you, thank, for, uh, thank, thank you for writing it and thank you for doing what you do and for sharing a little bit about it with us today. Absolutely. My pleasure. Thanks so much for having me. You can learn more about Taylor Tripodi, purchase the album Awakening, or book her for your event as at her website, as I mentioned, taylortripodi.com. And Tripodi is T-R-I-P-O-D-I, taylortripodi.com. I'm going to put that link on our site, saltonlighttv.org slash radio, so you can find it easily. And uh, if you want to listen to this interview again or for the rest of the program, also go to the, our website, saltonlighttv.org slash radio. Um, here now is Taylor Tripodi with The Dark Is Not Your Home from her new album, Awakening. listening to Taylor Tripodi with The Dark Is Not Your Home from her new album Awakening and that will take us to the end of the program. Remember that if you tuned in late you can stream or podcast all our Salt and Light Hour programs for free at saltandlighttv.org slash radio. And that's also where we can learn more about all our featured artists and guests. And remember that you can subscribe for the Salt and Light Hour podcast on iTunes and also on Google Play Music. That's it. Uh, that was a good show, eh, Emily? It was. I'm really impressed by Taylor Tripodi's... Isn't she good? She's really yeah, good. She's and really she is really young, good. but yeah. still, it's yeah. she has a beautiful voice. So yes. I, w- I would definitely listen to her music Absolutely. over and over and over again. And also the, the interview with... Uh, Father Basil. With Father Basil. Yeah. I just think it's so incredible that, you know, you you kind of put yourself in a situation where you have to stay strong, right? Yeah. Like you're trying uh, yeah. to rebuild um, the church, yeah. basically. I don't know what that's like. Yeah, what that would have been like. Not at all. To be, I mean, to be in a church when other churches are being uh, uh, attacked. Anyway, yeah. yeah. Lots of prayers for Sri Lanka. And, Definitely. Uh, mm-hmm. And for all the people that we have on the show, last show of the season, Emily. It's incredible. You know, um, uh, uh, over the summer, we're not have new shows, but we still continue. We're going to have best of the Salt and Light Hour um, for all the great featured interviews that we did over the year. And if you want to reach us over the summer, uh, you can do so if yeah. you wish. We would be very happy to hear Absolutely. from you. So I'm at Emmy Callan and Billy is at Bijo Chan. And I'm at Deacon Pedro GM. 
Write to me if you want to join me in the Holy Land, November 20th to December 1st. All the details are also at saltandlighttv.org. The Salt and Light Hour is a ministry of Salt and Light Catholic Media Foundation. So thank you to all our contributors, Sister Marie Paul Curley, who does our movie reviews. Mark Matthews, our Hollywood undercover missionary. Jillian Cantor, our parenting expert. Billy Chan with Church for Dummies. And Emily, who brings us our weekly news updates. And we certainly can't forget Javier Capella, who is our sound engineer. Absolutely, Javier Capella. Um, Thank you all for helping us put this show together. Thank you for being with us this season, our 10th. I'm Deacon Pedro. I'm Emily Callen. And this has been the The Salt and Light Light Hour. Hour.